Hi, I'm Jago Wynn, and welcome to the HTC Daily Podcast. We as a church are meeting daily on Zoom to speak to God in prayer and to hear from God in the Bible. For those of you who can't join us live or who want to listen again, we're featuring the Daily Bible Thought as we journey through Matthew's Gospel in the first part of 2021, and we're also including how we're being encouraged to pray each day. Today, it's Alan Searle. Our passage this morning is Matthew 16, verses 13 through 28. I'm not going to read it because it's fairly long, but I encourage you to get out your Bibles. There'll be a couple of references to verses later on. I'll open in prayer, say, thank you, Lord, that your word is true. Thank you that you are the living word, Jesus, and that you speak to us through your word. And as we study your word now, would you come to us and be with us, teach us, guide us and convict us for your glory. Amen. I want to talk today uh, to reinforce something Josh taught so eloquently on Sunday, and that's about the idea of radical obedience. Josh said radical obedience means accepting the love Jesus has for us and deciding to walk in a different way. Our passage this morning is full, it's demanding, and to go through the whole thing in detail would be like summarizing one of the Lord of the Rings movies. There's a lot of action. First, we hear Jesus ask how he is seen by others and by the disciples. Next, we hear Peter declare Jesus as the Christ, as a revelation from the Father for which he's praised. Third, Peter is identified as the rock of the church. Then the gospel notes a change in Jesus' relationship with the disciples. Fifth, Peter rebukes Jesus and is in turn rebuked by him. Then Jesus tells his followers to take up their cross and deny themselves. And finally, Jesus makes a prediction, which many take to be about his upcoming transfiguration. Wow. Take a deep breath. But just for today, let's focus on verse 21 and then verses 23 through 25. In verse 21, there's an important and notable shift in Jesus' relationship with the disciples. Peter has just declared that Jesus is the Messiah. And the gospel says, from that time on, Jesus began revealing that he came to suffer and then die and then be resurrected. Now, this is everyday stuff for us on this side of Calvary. But for the disciples, it had to be strange and radical, even revolutionary. And you only tell things like this to people you really trust. This intimacy foreshadows the way in which Jesus spoke to them later in John 15. You might recall there... He said he no longer called them servants, but he called them friends. And we are vulnerable with our true friends, aren't we? In John 16, the disciples finally said, yes, now you are speaking plainly and without figures of speech. That sounds like intimate friendship to me. Plain talk among people who love and trust one another. But back at this point in the story, back in Matthew 16, the disciples, or at least Peter, don't grasp what Jesus was on about. Jesus talks about suffering and dying and then being resurrected, and Peter shouts, no way. Poor Peter doesn't see the bigger picture, at least not at that moment. He doesn't see the eternal implications of what Jesus is talking about. And so Jesus lays it all out for them in verses 24 and 25. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. And this is our mission today from Jesus. It's our mission every day with him to take up our cross 
In other words, be willing to suffer for him if that's what it takes, whatever it takes. We, so we don't turn away from God when the going gets tough or when the prayer for healing fails or when a loved one dies or when that job is lost or when some huge tragedy strikes the world. Don't turn away from God then. No, we run toward him. We admit the burden is there and we bear that burden and we get to do it in relationship with other believers, but we only bear it as far as the cross. Why is that then? Because that is where Jesus' blood was shed and his body was broken. His blood was shed to take away our sin, and his body was broken that we might be whole and complete. And so we meet there in fellowship, because when two or three are gathered, Jesus is there. He promises to be there. And because he's there, he takes that burden from us. That's the only way to follow him. If we try to save our own necks with our own plans, we fail and fall. Only when we give up our pretensions of control and mastery in other words, only when we lose our life for Jesus' sake will we find true life and true salvation. Jesus tells this eloquently in John 10.10, 10, where he says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. It's when we stay in a self-sufficient mindset like Peter that we are in danger of falling into Satan's trap. Satan's trap is the trap of self-sufficiency. It's the trap of pride that says, I can fix this. I can get through it on my own. It's the trap of leaving God's concerns and focusing on merely human concerns. In verse 23, Jesus turned to Peter when he rebuked him and said, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Which are better? Which are stronger? Do we head to the cross or do we wander off on our own. As we move collectively through Lent toward Easter, and as we move out of our current lockdown season, let's answer Jesus' first question today, who do you say I am, with the truth of Peter's answer. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. You alone are our salvation. I want to close with a reading of Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, and this is from the message so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. This morning on HTC Daily, we started the day by pitting our trust in God and we prayed this prayer. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. You are the God of my salvation. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. In you I hope all the day long. O my God, in you I trust. Remember, Lord, your compassion and love, for they are from everlasting. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you 
I trust. We then spent some time uh, responding to what Alan shared and we um, asked these questions and waited on God. Do I need to shift my relationship to Jesus so he will be more intimate with me? Where do I focus on merely human concerns instead of the concerns of God? Are there places in my life where Jesus is not yet my saviour? We then prayed together asking that God would be the saviour of our whole lives and that we wouldn't deny him in any part. We then spent some time praying for the food bank as well, which was running today.